Welcome to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things macros, business, and marriage. We're your hosts, Eve and Randall Guzman. Visit our website at www.gtransformationacademy.com, where you can download our free How to Track Macros guide. This guide has helped over 15,000 people start their macro tracking journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Macros for Life podcast. I am really excited about our guest today. She is a friend of mine. She is also someone that has helped me in my personal health journey. I'm really excited to um, share with you guys this person that has so much information, so much knowledge in the area of helping women, especially with hormones. And her name is Allie Damron. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited that you're here because I've been on your podcast so much. And now that we finally have our own, I know I'm excited to be on yours too. (laughs) I know it's so exciting. So just a little bit of a background, you guys. Um, I think Allie and I met, was it December, 2018? It was like the very end of December. Correct. Okay, cool. And then um, we had both joined a um, high level um, fitness business mastermind, mostly for women coaches. It's pretty much targeted towards women. Women have always been the specific mastermind that we were in and we pretty much clicked like right away. And, you know, not that people should have clicks or anything, but we did have a little small click that. Um, came from this mastermind and from 2018 to now, a bunch of us have still been friends. Um, some of us have seen each other in real life since the mastermind ended. We got to meet like, how often were our meetups? Like two or three times, three times a year before the big C happened. I know, um, everything. Yeah. I and it, yeah, it did. And as much as like we learned individually from the mastermind with like support with like business mentoring, a lot of us stayed in this mastermind because we got to have each other as, you know, business besties and friends because no one gets what this coaching life is like in the real world. And it was like a vacation. It was like a working vacation. It was amazing. I know I miss it and there's so much I know and you can't hardly find programs like that it's you know I'm just I I miss it I still miss it I haven't been to one of those in like so long since our hours ended um but that's how we got to know each other and then eventually um Allie became like our go-to referral person for women's health and hormones so we've had a lot of clients that have worked with Allie we've had a lot of coaches from macro mentorship that have worked with her um and I can't quote the number but I know there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that you've coached um it's it could be well into a thousand plus now right yeah I think so I mean I started my business like 12 years ago as an acupuncturist in person. Um, and then kind of was splitting time. If you remember in like 2018, 19, and then when COVID happened, I was, you know, just thinking about this the other day, I remember that summer of 2019, I was kind of like, when is this going to like, like, how is this all going to work out? And I just kind Uh of actually, the online space would crowd that out and COVID happened and it just, it just happened. And so now my schedule is hundred percent full online and so I coach women all over the U S but, but yeah, um, probably in the thousands by now. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys. So that shows that she's well trusted and I hired her to help me too. So <laughs> if you guys don't hear about it on this podcast, we'll probably eventually um, talk about the stuff that I went through on my journey because you guys know that I'm an open book and I'm like willing to share um, whatever. But Ali, uh, let us know how did you get started um, with really laser focusing in on helping women with hormones? Was there something that made you go, okay, this is for me. Women need this. How did you get started? I think I got started um, when I became pregnant and then postpartum with my first baby. Um, I just felt like there was not at all any sort of support for women um, in all the things that we go through, right? So like there's all these different phases of life. And I had been pretty lucky and to be honest, spared from like a lot of this stuff earlier with um, fertility and painful, horrible periods that a lot of my friends went through. And I was actually in, um, before I got pregnant, I did a lot of fertility work with women anyways. And so I kind of had like seen that and like the lack of support and people saying like, well, you don't need any fertility work until like you have been trying for a year. And then it was like postpartum and women are feeling just so miserable, so much pressure, so much expectation, um, having hypothyroidism issues, immune system dysfunction after they have babies, feeling exhausted, anxious, postpartum anxiety, like all that stuff. And there just was like no support. And then as I've like aged myself, um, just seeing it like over and over and over through my patients with then going into perimenopause and maybe like sometimes even that postpartum depletion just actually didn't end. And it just sort of carried into like this era of responsibility with raising families and businesses and careers. And then it starts to look like, you know, sleeplessness and exhaustion and periods that are a wreck and a lot of, you know, misdiagnosed PCOS and different things and acne starts to come back and hot flashes and just, I just feel like we don't have support in really the whole, the whole women's health area or like yeah. eras. It's pretty shoddy. Like as you went through that list, I like every other thing I was like, check, check. Yeah. And it's check just kind of like, well, it's just kind of like what you deal with, like what you have, you can use some birth control or like spironolactone or some antidepressants and like those things are, are fine. I'm not against, uh, you know, antidepressants or anything like that, but it's not the root of so many things. Women are tired because of other reasons, or they have, um, anxiety because of stress and things that they need to get a handle on that are causing havoc in other areas of their body too. So it's just, um, I think it's just misunderstood a lot of in our more allopathic medical system. I just feel like to get these answers, you have to talk to women. You have to spend time with them and understand them and um, talk about their lifestyle and talk about their nutrition and their movement and their stress. And they just don't have time. They yeah. spend 15 minutes with you and they're like, okay, what's the problem? You have a heavy period. Okay. Let's get you on some birth control or let's do an ultrasound and maybe an ablation. Like, let's just, they just move you through the uh -huh. system really quickly. Cause that's just their, their model. Um, and it's not wrong, but it just misses a lot. I think. Yeah, it does. And I, even when you kind of mentioned like 15 minutes and that's it, when I would go into my appointments, I would on my notepad and my phone, try to have all the questions <laughs> I wanted to ask. Yeah. And it would be like that. And I would have like eight maybe. And by the time I got to four, they're looking at me like, 
how many other questions? And I'm like, but this is my only time. It's 15 minutes and then whatever $400 bill to insurance or, you know, whatever the rate is. And it's like, if I, if I miss asking the, the right question or bringing it up and they don't ask me, then I go a whole nother year or however long, and I'm going to suffer or something mild becomes major. And it has also made me feel like I'm annoying when I go into the doctor. Because totally. <laughs> they're I like, feel oh, really annoying every time I go. So oh, yeah. I feel so annoying. And I think the fact the more that we all know now, the more you can Google, the more you can chat GPT. I know they're like, oh my God, these people have too much information. But I agree with you. It's not completely their fault. Like this is how, you know, especially in the U.S., the healthcare system is set up to get us in and get us out. But so many things get missed. And I think women also have a hard time being an advocate for their own healthcare too. I think so too. And I think one of the like best forms of medicine truly is like women that feel validated and heard I think is like really, really healing. Um, I think that that creates a lot of issues for women too, when we're sort of like gaslit and we feel like our questions aren't answered. We feel annoying. We feel like we're, you know, hypochondriacs or whatever. Um, I think there can become a lot of anxiety and stress, which doesn't help anything hormonally either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just makes everything worse. It, It like inflames the entire situation. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to um, testing for women when they're going into the doctor, whether it's like, oh, I'm going in because I'm having period pain. Oh, it's my, you know, annual for my pap smear. Um, when women are going into their physicians, whether it's PCP, um, is there testing that women should be making sure that their doctors are looking into each year, each appointment, you know, what, whatever. So I think there's like basic things that like every woman should just know and have their baselines for um, that we can just chat about first and then we'll start talking about like specific things. So I think um, if you go to like your yearly OBGYN visit or PCP, like getting a complete blood count with your ferritin level, because especially if you have heavier periods or more frequent periods, like ferritin, iron can become off. And ironically, low iron can also lead to heavier periods. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle that's not great. Um, so definitely like a CBC ferritin. I like a complete metabolic panel to check liver enzymes and kidney function. Um, I think a vitamin D level is great. Even if you live in warmer climates, I lived in Arizona for 12 years and mine had never been lower actually. And I was outside running all the time. It was just so low, even living there. Um, I think a thyroid panel is great. So know your family history. I think looking at antibodies can be helpful, especially if you have a family history for all of my patients who are like, yeah, my mom's on Synthroid or my aunts or my sister or whatever. I'm like, Let's definitely look at those antibodies too, Um, but definitely getting a TSH, free T3, free T4 for sure. Yearly is great. Even if you don't, like I just, the thyroid's so susceptible to like stress and nutrient deficiencies and just variants and things, especially like pregnancy, postpartum, any of that stuff that I just think yearly, like, why not? It's not a very expensive test. It's like $139 for those three things. Like, let's just look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think A1C I like, especially yep. women like in their 
So if you're having like PCOS type symptoms, so like um, facial hair, acne, and ovulatory cycles, weird periods, lack thereof, um, you've had cysts on an ultrasound, something like that, like any of that stuff, I like to look at your A1C level, or I would say like in your late thirties, forties, like let's start looking at your blood sugar. Cause that's just so important for what your stress hormones do. And then your estrogen, your testosterone, um, inflammation, those types of things too. So those are kind of, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Those are kind of like the main ones that I like to just get on everybody. And then from there, you know, I guess lipid panel too. I forgot that. So cholesterol is a good one to look at yearly too. Um, and then from there, if there are like any inflammatory signs, so like period pain, whether that's like abdominal pain or like back pain, or if you start to notice that you get like something called the period flu, mm -hmm. where you just feel fluish, like achy, gross, even like a small fever before your period, that's called the period flu. That's a lot of inflammatory uh, molecules ca causing that. Um, if you have like digestive issues before your period, those are all inflammatory type stuff as well as just other inflammatory signs. So a lot of like bloating, like water retention, um, aches and pains, those types of things. You could always get like a C-reactive protein and homocysteine level. Those are great inflammatory markers. Um, so if those are going on, I like to add those two as well. Is there at any point um, you would recommend that someone is getting like their sex hormones done? Yeah. So I was going to talk about that. So yes, there are a lot of directions to go with sex hormone testing and it matters like what's going on and what we want to know. Mm -hmm. So the most common one, I suppose, is probably looking at your estrogen and progesterone. And I want to just really hammer this in. You have to check progesterone. If you're cycling five to seven days post ovulation, yes. I can't tell you the number of people that I get whose provider is like, okay, yeah, let's check it, whatever. And kind of like, I think they must do it just like to get them off their back. Like I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been to told that too. And I'm like, shouldn't I go like day 19 to 21? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to count it out. Yeah, day 19 to 20. It absolutely does matter. Estrogen goes on like this roller coaster throughout the cycle. So at least if we know where in the cycle you were, we can at least look at a range and like, okay, it's still better again to test estrogen with progesterone to get that ratio. Mm -hmm. um, but progesterone is only present in your body at its highest level for a couple days, like five to seven days post ovulation. Right. If you test it before that happens, your level is going to look like 0.2 or so. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to look like almost zero. And I have so many people that are like, oh, I have no progesterone and, and you're not supposed to have it then. You don't <laughs> have any then uh, because progesterone is progestation. So once yep. you ovulate, that's what triggers progesterone to rise in case you might be pregnant. If you're not pregnant, remember the implantation happens around seven days post ovulation, your body's like, nope, we're not pregnant. So like plummets those hormones to get ready for the next cycle. So you have to test it in those times. If you are ovulating, if you're not ovulating, I mean, there's really no sense in testing it because it's, it's going to be zero. It's going to yeah. be low. Um, so I think those two things are just helpful to know if you're having like painful periods, a lot of PMS symptoms. So like anxiety, irritability, bloating, breast tenderness, um, 
like weird cycles, like a regular, they could be shorter, longer, um, heavier, lighter, like any of those types of things. I think that's a great number. Those two numbers are great to grab. If you're wondering about egg quality, so like either for fertility or for perimenopause, menopause, to know like if you're actually through that phase, you can also look at um, your luteinizing hormone, which is LH, follicle stimulating hormone, which is FSH, and then an estradiol number, which is a prominent form of estrogen. Um, and if you are cycling, you probably want to do those numbers like on day three of your period. We call it like day three lab work, which is mostly for fertility, I would say, or even like a PCOS diagnosis. If mm -hmm. we're like wondering if there's PCOS going on, that's a good one to get done along with testosterone and DHEA. Um, polycystic ovarian syndrome is a really misunderstood thing. Yes. Just so hard to diagnose <laughs> for some reason. And I don't think it has to be is the thing. Like there's two diagnostic criteria for that. You have to be anovulatory and you have to have high androgens. That's it. You don't mm -hmm. have to have cysts on your ovaries, um, which is sort of a misconception. You can, but you don't have to. Um, and all other kind of reasons would have to be outruled. So like high prolactin or like any sort of congenital defects of the pituitary gland or something like that. So um, I think, you know, if you have PCOS symptoms, like we definitely want to do the day three lab work if you are having a period. Um and then an ultrasound is always good for that too, just to see if there are those cysts as well. But I think it can be kind of a process of elimination with symptoms and that day three lab work too. Yeah, I definitely want to mention with PCOS, like you said, it's um, it's either misdiagnosed, misunderstood, sometimes missed. I mean, so it's all, it's everything. And we get so many women that we're coaching that say, oh, and I have PCOS. And then I'm like, what kind? They're like, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, what uh, lab criteria or what did your physician find that um, led them to this diagnosis? They have no clue either. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely for women you know, understanding and being advocates for themselves. Um, I recommend all women just to read up a little bit on PCOS so they know what it is. Cause I mean, it's more common than a lot of people think so many women, you've got like your boat, your post birth control form, your adrenal. Um, there's so many different ways that it shows up. You can kind of have, um, a combo or crossover yeah. of a couple of them, but because it's so common and, all the things with our environment and how the world has just changed. I recommend every woman that's listening, just go read up on it, Google it, like take four minutes and just like read through and see. Um, but if you're also listening and you have been diagnosed, I would go and log on to like, um, you're like my patient or my chart records and just look and see some of the labs. And if you don't, if you don't understand it, you know, you can ask your physician or you can reach out to ask Allie, um, but I think if we're walking around with a diagnosis, we should understand why we are labeled this way, if you want to call it that, um, just so we know what we're talking about and we can, you know, make decisions and stuff for ourselves and not stick band-aids on problems that don't exist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, yeah, like you said, there's so many different types of PCOS, whether it's metabolic, adrenal stress, post-birth control, um, inflammatory and there's stuff we can do for all of it. So I think the the general theme is like birth control until you want to have a baby and then you just go through IVF and then mm -hmm. you 
people with it again through birth control. And there's so many other things to do for that, I think. Mm-hmm. So most of the tests that you mentioned early are like blood draws that you can get done with your physician. Um, Like you said, being mindful of like what days of your cycle you're actually getting them done. Um, Are there some other testing methods that you like to use with your patients? So, and I want to just bring this up too. Yeah. Like the ones that I mentioned are like your yearly exam. You can ask your doctor for them, but if your doctor doesn't want to do them, you don't want to pay the copay, like your insurance has a high deductible, whatever. We have so many options now for like home base or uh, tests that you can get without your, your physician. So for example, like directlabs.com is a company that contracts with Quest Diagnostics that you can order any of the same physician-based lab work that you want through, through blood. Um, there's also like Thorn is a company that makes health-based testing, Everly Well. Um, and my gosh, there's like a million other ones, but those are kind of like the ones that I use. And then there's also like the Dutch tests. And I know that you've done a Dutch test. I do them um, occasionally, fairly regularly. Um, that's amazing. And it's great for, so they have different panels. So they have like adrenal panel, they have sex hormone panel, and then they have the comprehensive one, which I prefer the most. Um, and it's great because it looks at so many different things. So when we talk about hormones, I also want to remind you that there's this idea of this hormonal pyramid that cortisol, adrenaline, and insulin are the main ones. And so generally speaking, when there's fatigue, insomnia, anxiety, period problems, digestive issues, like any sort of hot flashes, any sort of hormonal problem, we got to look at one of the three of those first, like one of the three of them, if not all three will be impacted in some way. Um, And so the Dutch test looks at your cortisol level. So when we're testing cortisol, this also is something that a lot of people don't understand. So there's two diagnoses in Western medicine called Cushing's disease and Addison's disease that are either too much cortisol or adrenal insufficiency. Um, And those will show up on lab work. So when you're looking at your cortisol, remember that it's part of your circadian rhythm. So it's going to change throughout the day. Cortisol is not just one level. Um, it's part of your, your diurnal cortisol pattern. So in the morning, when you wake up, it should be fairly low within 30 to 60 minutes, it spikes up. So your doctor, if they're going to order a cortisol, it will be around like seven or 8.00 AM. That's when they recommend it because that's when it should be the highest of the day. The problem is that can diagnose either Cushing's or Addison's disease, or sometimes they'll order even like a 24 hour urine one, Mm -hmm. um, which is fine, but the the whole sort of like debate with adrenal fatigue is they diagnose based on these extremes um and then there's normal but there's not anything for like these gray areas on either high or low where people still feel symptoms like they still feel mm-hmm. anxious or depressed or tired or can't sleep or blood sugar issues like there's all these other things that can pop up when your cortisol is just a little bit high or a little bit low, but not clinically diagnosable as Addison's or Cushing's. Does that make sense? Yep. So when you look at cortisol and you just get a blood test at 8 a.m., we have no idea what happened before that or what's going to happen after that. And like I said, it's part of your pattern. So a lot of people will have like very few people that I work with have actually just high cortisol all day, like occasionally or low all day. Most of the time it's like 
it's low and then it spikes really high, usually due to caffeine. And then it plummets like mid after mm-hmm. that crash. And then it's low. And then maybe, you know, some people it stays low and they want to go to bed at 7 PM every day. And some people it spikes back up and they kind of get like a second wind and insomnia. So it can be like all over the board all day. It doesn't just have to be like low or high, um, in one number. So I like to look at saliva cortisol. So you can spit in a tube multiple times in a day, um, or do urine testing. Like the Dutch test says dried urine so that you can see it at multiple times in the day so that you know what your entire circadian rhythm is doing in, in that pattern, um, which is really helpful for targeting like your afternoon energy crash or your specifically your insomnia or why you feel so groggy when you wake up in the morning and can't get going. Um, So I prefer to do either a Dutch test for that, uh, which is dried urine. So you urinate on these like little strips and then let them dry, send them to the lab or other companies will do like saliva-based testing for that. So I think that's also like a really great one. And the Dutch test specifically will do that. Um, But it also, the, the benefits of the Dutch test, the best thing I think about it. There's a lot of great things, but it tests all your sex hormones. So it's going to look at your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA. Um, but it also looks at the detox pathways. Yes. Talking about (laughs) hormones, they don't like hormones by definition are like little chemical messengers. So your brain's the control center goes and tells your adrenals, your ovaries, wherever else, what hormones to produce at what times and why. So then these hormones go do their jobs. And then after they go do their jobs, they have to be detoxed. So they take like little detox pathways into the liver and then go out through your bowel movements. So for a lot of people that have like abdominal belly fat, for example, or a lot of PMS symptoms or a lot of like heavy period stuff, their sex hormones on lab work on a blood test might come back just fine. They might be like, well, your estrogen and progesterone are in a normal range. You're good to go. There's nothing that is wrong here. Meanwhile, you're struggling with all these symptoms. And the answer to that could be a few things. So one, the ratio of estrogen into progesterone, right? So it could be that like your estrogen's normal, progesterone's normal, but in relation to each other, you don't have enough progesterone to push back that estrogen. The other thing could be that your liver is not, liver's a filtering organ, that your liver is not filtering these things through as fast as it should. And it's creating kind of like this traffic jam. So you can experience a lot of like breast tenderness or a lot of PMS symptoms, rage or irritability, cramping, clotting, those types of things, heavy periods. Um, and so in that case, you wouldn't just want to deal with the estrogen. You'd actually want to deal with your liver. And that's, Dutch is one of the only tests that shows those pathways, um, the detoxing, how well your liver's methylating things. And I actually, there's a lot of research on the precision analytical is the company that does the Dutch test, even talking about like breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like how that works, because we know that a lot of breast cancers are due to estrogen. They're positive for that. Um, and there's a lot of research that shows that like there's different pathways and there's different things that impact how our estrogen is metabolized in our body. And so the Dutch test actually shows that. So I'm not going to say that it can like prevent breast cancer, but it is nice to look at these baselines and like support detoxing estrogen before it does become a huge problem. And even things like fibroids, polyps, cysts, um, those things grow because there's an environment to grow. 
Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she just described me, you guys. Yes. So we, you know, I personally like take stuff every day to help detox better. I'm not a great detoxer either, um, but there's things that we can do to help that before it does become a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, with the Dutch test, it also looks at like a few organic acids. So like your B vitamins, like B6, B12, it looks like glutathione, which is a master antioxidant. They recently added um, an inflammatory marker on that. And they added a gut health marker on that too. Ooh. So they added a couple, yeah, a couple new things, which has been pretty cool. They look at melatonin levels, um, dopamine, adrenaline. And again, these are all like urinary metabolites, um, but they can give like a really good picture into just what's going on in the endocrine system. The one caveat I will give here is there are markers that suggest this, that insulin or blood sugar could be off or thyroid, but it does not directly test that. So yeah. occasionally we'll go through a Dutch test and I'm like, yeah, this looks very much like blood sugar dysregulation based on like testosterone and DHEA being sky high. Or, you know, if you're not metabolizing cortisol, well, that could be like a T3 problem in your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So occasionally we do have to do a little bit of follow-up testing too, but it is a really nice, great baseline test. It is. Yeah. I wish it had those things too. I mean, cause I, I really like it. I do. Like when you turned me on to it, I was like, this is a great test and like full transparency, like everything. And I've talked about this on social media, everything that Allie was saying was what would happen to me. Like my estrogen and progesterone at one point were normal on, you know, my blood work, doing serum tests, all of that. And I kept telling my doctor, I don't feel good. Something is off. I'm like having extra cramps. I feel like the ultimate bitch when my periods come, brain fogs, headaches, like my, it was just like, and I had the flu before. It was like, I feel like I'm getting sick, achy. And then in two days, boom, period would come. And I got tired of going, oh, it's just a, a bad period. And then they stayed bad. And then I ran the Dutch test with Allie and saw that, yeah, at one point they were normal, but my estrogen in relation to progesterone was dominant. Dominant. I also was a bad detoxer and I was someone that had estrogen so high that I had polyps that I had to have removed. So if I wouldn't have kept like digging and pushing and reached out to her, I wouldn't have known. And you don't want to keep fibroids and polyps in because when you start to get above the age of 40, those have a higher risk to become cancerous. Um, so sometimes that little voice that's like something is wrong could be right. And it isn't always, um, what do you call it when people are like very, um, they think all the things, what was that? Hypochondriac. Yeah. I was like, am I a hypochondriac? Am, am I just a nutrition coach that knows too much? Um, because I've done a lot, a lot of work with hormones and, and I'm like, it's maybe it's just me. And I'm like, this is really happening. And then my husband was like, yeah, you are a monster. <laughs> Your period comes. He's like, just get the lab work done. And then when it came back, it was exciting. It was sad that I was like, okay, this is what's going on. But it was, but it was exciting to have the answers. And the Dutch test is so detailed. I definitely recommend if you get one done, go through Allie so that she can actually go um, through the lab testing with you because I mean, it's a beast. There's a lot of information in there that can make you go, oh my God, what is this? Should I be doing this? Is there something really wrong? But it's cool that they they put so much of an emphasis into the detail for us to get the answers we need. Totally. And the other thing about the Dutch test is 
for every single thing that's wrong, like there is a supplement for that, but you Mm -hmm. want to really find somebody who can be like, okay, this is only off because this is off. So if we correct like this first thing, this will also fall back into place. Otherwise I've had a lot of people come to me that have done Dutch tests with other people and they're on like 50 supplements. (laughs) I'm like, okay, no, that's way too many. That's way too expensive. We don't know what is like working, what's not, it's just too much. And then there could be other things that need to be attacked that aren't supplement based. Like you said, like stress, stress is like a huge thing for everybody. And I know we all think we don't, I don't have time to slow down. I don't have time for self-care. We have to make the time because the problems won't go away sometimes with just a supplement. Like you have to work with your body and not against it. Totally. I mean, that's literally like what I did for so long when I was um, like age 25 before I actually wanted to have kids. I did, I was in acupuncture school. And so I did some hormone testing and just did all this stuff. Cause I was interested in like, my hormones looked like I was like 40. Mm. Not good. Um, <laughs> I looked like I was in perimenopause and so, yeah, I mean, like, and I was like an ultra perfectionist. I was training at the gym at 5. AM. I was going to school till 9. PM. Like I was a mess. I was getting married. I stress was just so high. And I would just like take all these adrenal herbs and like hope it for the best. And it wasn't until I like actually was like, okay, I have to like figure out where this being like manufactured from. And it's been like a really long journey for me to be honest, to figure that out. But, but when I do see cortisol dysregulation, like, yes, I'll give people something to like help the symptoms, help them sleep or whatever. But I do ask like, where, why is this like this? Like Mm -hmm. what's on in your life? Yeah. And like nutrition too. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. balanced diet, getting your micronutrients, like getting movement, strength training, um, getting your walks in, like that stuff does show up on labs. You can tell. Yeah. Those things. Yeah, definitely. For me, when I saw the results, it made me slow down. It made me go, okay. And it made me change the way that I, I work out. Like nutrition was one thing. It was all, already pretty good. So I just tightened it up a little bit. Um, you know, looked at different forms of forms of supplementation that helped. And then, you know, trying to reduce slep- stress and get more sleep. But for me, um, being a woman 35 plus, it actually changed the way that I work out. Um, I don't do long stretches of cardio. I don't do a lot of hits, um, a lot of just crazy things. I focus more on walking, walking uphill. And I cut down my training days because I thought more is better. I thought, oh, my weight's creeping up. I just probably need to be more consistent and more consistent. Sometimes to us, we think it means more days per week. Instead of when you do work out, like be intentional. And so I was working out six, seven days a week. And then I couldn't always keep up with that because I would get tired and then I would fall off. And then I'm like, oh, I fell off and I got to get back on. But now I only lift four, maybe five days a week. And I'm glad. I am glad. I don't want to do all the extra stuff because I'm always tired. Yeah, I, I only train four days a week now. And I felt I've like, alternated between, you know, three to six. Um, and Mm -hmm. I find that four feels like the best for me. And I walk a lot. Um, but it also has changed the way that I work actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just, you know, obviously like starting a business, you're just like a workhorse and have to just grow part (laughs) of it. But over time I was like, okay, I can't do like, this is not sustainable. I can't do this forever. So it's changed a lot of the way that I live too. Yeah. Screen time. Oh my gosh. 
so many things, so many things. And then they add up. I think we think we have to do more and that's going to make us look or feel the, the way that we want to. But even all the clients I've worked with when we've pulled back on the training and have made it more of a, okay, when you work out, we're going hard. We can lift yeah. more, have longer um, rest in between sets. So you're actually picking up heavier weights. Yeah. It's going to feel like you work like a beast for 20 seconds and then you're waiting two minutes. Um, yeah. but it's helped my clients get stronger, a better body recomp. And their labs look way better. They feel better. And then they're not like keeping up with a big checklist, which is stress. Yeah, I think that that's like one of the biggest things that I've sort of gotten to in my business is like, I think so many people that have these symptoms, like they're already overwhelmed. They're already having too much on their plate. It, like the symptoms are draining themselves. And I don't know any women that need to like add more things to their plate. So, so much about this is like literally taking things off your plate. Mm -hmm. Like so many, uh, I think we think of this as like a complicated, like hard thing to do, or we have to like do these restrictive diets and like these workouts and all these supplements and just these 10 step like daily routines. And it's just overwhelming. And I think that's why so many women just like don't start with feeling better, um, either working with you or I, or somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think that like, it's not about that. It's about taking things off your plate and like getting intentional about what you do want, the things that are important to you. Um, all of that stuff, because it's just too much. Yeah. I think for people, it sounds scary. Like, Oh, I'm going to be working out less. What if my weight goes up? Yeah. Um, I don't have anybody to help with this. Like, what is that going to look like for me? I'm going to be more stressed. I'm going to be behind. But once I've leaned into it myself, cause you know, I can talk all day. You can talk all day about your own clients, but like when you're practicing what you preach, mm -hmm. it has been relieving to me to know that I don't have to work out six days per week. Oh my God. Me too. I can I do other to, things. To be totally <laughs> transparent. I, in March was like, I'm going to do like this nine week program that was six days a week. And I just felt like crap. And so I actually stopped at six. Mm -hmm. It was like something that's not natural to me. I was like, just push through it. You'll be fine. But I was just like, this is, isn't serving me. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel good. I don't like the results that I'm getting. Like, why would I push through it another three weeks? So I went back to three days a week, actually. And then I've kind of balanced it out at four now. And I think mm -hmm. that four is where I feel best. Yeah. And I look better now. I'm like, I'm not doing all that. So like, I see these I programs did not come look out good at six days. I'm telling yeah. you, I was, I was inflamed. The scale was increasing. Like it was just not good. Yeah. Inflamed all the time. Yeah. And a lot of people they'll go, oh my gosh, I'm working out less and I've lost weight. Probably not so much lost weight, but you've lost the inflammation and everything, especially like with hormones, it's a ricochet event. It's like a domino effect, one to the next, to the next, to the next, because we do pyramid, pyramid, you know, back in, like you said, and it only takes us to do a couple of extra things and then everything is yeah. off. So when I see those new programs come out, I'm like, oh, I see people joining and there's going to be a community. We're going to be doing like workout selfies it sounds great. And I'm all for like the community and pushing, but I'm like, I feel better now. My labs are better. Like I don't even need those kinds of problems. It's not worth the squeeze. It's not. No, it's, I mean, like I said, I literally went the wrong direction too. I was like, just wanting to like 
push myself for these nine weeks to like get stronger and get some tone. And like I, my jeans were tight. The scale was up. I felt more tired. I was inflamed. It did everything that I didn't want it to do to me. And I think, you know, some people can do that and do great. Just like finding what works for your body. And so mm-hmm. it's no now. And I think that was like the last time that I will deviate from what I know. So I finally <laughs> can like fully trust myself. I'm like, you know what works, just stick with it. I'm like, if you haven't done a post about that experience, you probably should do a post. I, know, I probably should. Boils before and afters, three days per week, six days per week. I mean, that's what I'm trying to show to like normalize awesome. it because you're going to end up, it's going to cost you somewhere. Supplementation, time, energy, poor relationships because you're pissing people off because you're tired. Your immune yeah. system is going to be lower. You're going to get sick. Like something Damn, is- Damn, jeans were tight. I'm telling you, yeah. like that was like- what? digestion is probably off bloating yes, like yeah. people don't understand that everything ties together everything yeah, does absolutely. yeah and I know like going around I, I did not want to not miss this um because it's like going around so much on the internet like it's not your metabolism it's not your hormones um I want to address that because I know I haven't gotten to talk about it much and I did a post about it as well um, to kind of clear it up, but like, as we age, our metabolism does not get as slow as people think. Um, so it is not always our metabolism. It is not always our hormones. Sometimes it is our self-care, our consistency, our alcohol drinking. Like these are all things that can affect your hormones, but it's not that it's a hormone imbalance that doesn't have a root cause and what we're doing to ourself. I actually, sadly, this comes up quite often for me uh, with patients. I have a lot of people who like have some, some sort of hormonal stuff going on, um, and, but their biggest thing is weight loss. And they've been told that like, it's their hormones mm-hmm. and like the hard part is, is weight loss is a very hormonal process. Like we know that, but it it's not that your hormones are just off and like taking a supplement is just going to like fix everything. Like it's, we got to ask like why your hormones are off in the first place. And so I actually just recently, and this happens quite often for me, but recently I had a patient that was like, you know, I want to lose like five, like it was a very minimal amount of weight too. She was like 127, wanted to get down to like 122. It was like a very minimal thing. Um, and we went through the whole intake form and she was on an IUD. So on birth control, doing sex hormone testing is not really ideal because you're not using your own hormones. You're using synthetic hormones. So, you know, looking at uh, thyroid insulin, cortisol is fine on birth control, but sex hormones are really not. Uh, very opt or very accurate. And so she, you know, got kind of frustrated because she's like, I just, I think it's my hormones. And I was like, well, here's the thing though. Like you, you're very small already. Like she's a small person and she wants to get smaller. Um, but she's like drinking wine every night. It's the wine. <laughs> it is. And it doesn't matter if it fits your macros or your calories. Like it well, does like, you not have to matter. Kind of decide like 127 is a very small weight, like uh-huh. giving up your nightly wine, like worth it. Cause that's what it's going to take. You yeah. can't women would give up income every month to probably get to that goal, let alone yeah. five more, like, or even to be halfway there, you know, or whatever that looks like for somebody. But like, that's just such a small amount and like so small already that it's going to take super, super discipline to get there. It's uh-huh. just, 
you know, it's just hard. Um, it's the it's same like, thing. Like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Right. Or is the wine worth the, <laughs> like, you've got to decide, is it worth it or not? And if it's mm-hmm. not, well, then like, cool. But if it is, then just be okay with the 127, mm-hmm. but it's not like your hormones, right? Like it's yeah. not that your estrogen's causing this and we need to be on dim and dim is going to like magically make you weigh 122. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And when like, it comes to the wine, like I said, it's not just like the calories and the macros and you got it to fit in whatever your, you know, health coach told you your, your 1800 calories for the day or 2100, it's going to affect your detox system, which is your liver. And so like everything that you just talked about today, like it just, it jacks up all that stuff and your body Blood switches over heat, yeah, inflammation. Like it just, it, I mean, I drink occasionally too. It's not that you have to, you know, abstain a hundred percent, but if you do have those goals, like it, it does nothing helpful for us. It's poison, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Handle it, but it is poison. Yeah. There was a study that I think it just came out in it was either April or May. And they went back and looked at all of those studies about like wine and which one's good for your heart. They literally went back through every study and it said they could not find a single benefit of alcohol. They literally wanted to recall all the studies that said like heart healthy wine. There is absolutely, you guys, no benefit in drinking alcohol for your body, except, you know, the thought that you feel like it relaxes you, but there's like no like actual thing. No. Yeah. I saw that too. And I actually think I, I saw somebody say this and it kind of resonated a little bit. I think drinking might become like smoking, like people mm-hmm. still do it, but like, I think, I don't know if you've seen this, but like on social media, there's a lot of people getting sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sober. Like the Big new, time. there's so many, um, free, like companies now there's yeah. like so many, there's probably like 50 companies that make their version of like, you know, alcohol, alcohol, free wine, seltzers, the beer. I mean, everything. I mean, you can get Prosecco, like you can get every, you can get anything now. Yeah. And I I believe you, somebody else told me that last month, they said the exact thing you said, like, it's going to be like our like XX against, you know, cigarettes. It's going to be that way. So I'm glad I don't drink like I used to. (laughs) Oh God. No. I mean, I, I've had my fun. I did it too. Um, I can't do it anymore. I've like really fallen in love with like waking up on Saturdays and Sundays and like feeling good. Yeah. I just can't do it anymore. Like I want to feel alive. Uh huh. I don't want to like waste the two days of the week where I'm like, you know, have the free day feeling like shit. Mm -hmm. And then starting over on Monday. It's definitely an awful feeling. Working all week. Yeah. But also going back to the woman that like wants to be 122 pounds and she's 127. Um, my advice also, besides like, you got to pick one, cut the alcohol. I would focus on body recomposition and I would focus on increasing muscle mass and decreasing body fat percentage and forget about the scale. Like I would just, I would throw the scale out at that point. Because it's like you said, it's going, it could take a year to lose those five pounds and what you do to get it off is not going to be sustainable. And what is it going to do to your hormones just to get that five pounds? Like for what? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. Weight's always just like such a mind game anyways, but it's kind of like at what point, like, what is that going to do for you? Mm-hmm. And I wish, I wish everybody thought the way we did. <laughs> it's taken a long time. Trust yeah. Me. Oh yeah. It took 20 years of dieting for me to Forever. be able to say that. Yeah, yeah. me too. 
for sure. These dumb numbers forever. Forever. Well, this has been such a helpful podcast. I cannot wait to have you back again so we can dive into um, some of the hormone dysfunctions and imbalances. I think this podcast is going to be really helpful for women that are looking um, to be more of an advocate of themselves. I would definitely listen to this again and listen to a lot of the lab testing that you mentioned, but how can people find you? I want to make sure you also plug your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I have a podcast called the Allie Dameron show where we just talk about all these same things. Um, I have an Instagram account where you can always DM me if you want to have questions answered. I offer, um, initial or one-on-one consultations with women and I have a free 15 minute consult so that we can chat about this. If there is hormone testing that you need before we get started, we can chat about it there and get that going. I also have a free training all about everything that we chatted about today, how to have fewer mood swings, more energy without adding extra stress to your plate. So you can get that at alliedarman.com forward slash training. Cool. And we'll probably link that in the show notes. So that way you guys can just click down below and then get routed directly to Ali. But I definitely want to tell you guys that I recommend her 10 times over. She has helped me in the past couple of years and also a lot of our clients. Um, so she wouldn't be here if I didn't trust her. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. My endorsement is a lot. Great. I know. I know. Well, I'm so excited. I got to see you today and then have everybody learn from you. I can't wait till I get to see you again in real life. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If there's a woman that needs this um, and needs to hear this, please share it with her today. Um, And don't forget to like, download and subscribe to our podcast, but we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you so much, Allie. All right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get welcome.